Welcome back to Bringing Down the House, a podcast of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. I am Allie Parrish, Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat. And today on episode two of season two, Building Community, Jacqueline and I are excited to welcome to the podcast one of Iowa Heartland Habitat's longtime partners, Lauren Fink, Volunteer Center of Cedar Valley's Executive Director, and a regular volunteer and supporter of Iowa Heartland Habitat, Ron Jensen. Lauren and Ron will share about the importance of volunteerism and why they choose to partner with Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. Thank you for tuning in and please consider getting involved with our local mission by volunteering your time or making a financial or materials donation. More information can be found on our website at webuildhabitat.org or by following Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bringing Down the House. I am Jaquila Madison, alongside the Executive Director of the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, Miss Allie Parrish. What is up, Jaquila? You know the sky. <laughs> that th- is that's wow. That that wow. is that is. <laughs> <laughs> I will never ask again. <laughs> That is what is up. The sky <laughs> is what is up. Uh, my blood pressure sometimes. Oh man! Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, but no. that's. But you know, Allie, you know what else is up? My spirits. <laughs> Good. My my spirits are up. My happiness is up. You want to know why? Because weirdly enough, after our last conversation, mm-hmm. I received a delivery. <laughs> To my house. Jeez, what could it have possibly been? You know, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you don't have an idea, I'm going to to stop the podcast right now and go back and listen to episode one. Yes. Just the beginning. So you have an idea. But we'll, we'll keep going. Um, I had a delivery of <laughs> some wonderful chocolates Yay. to my house. And, you know, I sat there and I just laughed. For about a good <laughs> half hour, and cried a little bit. It was a, a mixture of. I mean, I was a I was a hot mess. I was a hot mess. But no, I it was it was wonderful, and I thank you. Yes. Yeah, so well, I'm much. sorry, but um, I am not going to be accused of <laughs> not sending chocolates when I know that we did. And I don't know what happened to the with the chocolate gods out there or the gremlins or what, but. <laughs> Those were supposed to be to you last year. I mean, so, you know what? It's fine. Better late than never. <laughs> That's how I felt about the situation. They were a little stale, so obviously oh they found the ones from last year. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They were wonderful. They were wonderful. A, wow. a wonderful, sweet treat from some very sweet people. So I'm I, glad you got it. So. No, I did. I did. Yay. I did. So thank you. <laughs> that was... <laughs> But I thought, I was like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This oh, is yes. wonderful. I was going to make that right. <laughs> and she did. Ladies and gentlemen, don't ever accues Allie Parrish of anything. No. If you, that, that is That will be your biggest mistake. So, I mean, honestly, Allie, I just had to share that yes. with the people. Well, okay. And what, a, what an interesting tie-in to the topic we have today on volunteerism. Because if the whole world doesn't know and remember the fact that Jacqueline Madison, Mr. Jacqueline Madison, Sir Jacqueline Madison, is a volunteer... Doctor of Sir ours, yes. Thank so, um, truly, though, it is important to thank your volunteers, in my opinion, and we definitely try really hard to do that. We don't always do it well, but it's important to us. So, well, and, I, and you are, we are very grateful for you. Well, and I am grateful for all of you. And I will say, as a volunteer of this organization, I think you do an outstanding job. 
thanking and recognizing and honoring your volunteers. And, you know, the guests that we have today are going to do an outstanding job of also talking about why volunteering is important. Yeah, I'm excited So I'm really excited to, to get to chat with them. But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a little moment for a mission moment, shall we? So a regular construction volunteer had given the office a call about a donation he and his wife were planning on making to Habitat and wanted to discuss a few things around that donation. So I called him back and he had received a piece of mail from Habitat for Humanity International stating uh, they would be matching all eligible donations. He said he was about to send the check in and questioned whether we'd be seeing the Habitat for Humanity International donation and if it'd make an impact on local families here in the Cedar Valley. I explained how the donation to Habitat International works and also told him the easiest way to ensure his money was staying local and supporting local families was to donate directly to Iowa Heartland. It was really funny. He instantly tore up uh, or tore open the uh, Habitat for Humanity International envelope and pulled the check out while I was on the phone with him. And he then said, I just love what Habitat does here in the Cedar Valley. He paused for a couple of seconds and then he said, my body is getting older. I'm not able to do as much, but I have some money and I couldn't think of a better place to send it than Habitat. He said he misses the weekly interaction with other regular volunteers and our staff, but he also knows that he's able to continue to bless families in a different way through his giving to Iowa Heartland. His heart is full for Habitat, and you can see that, and it never gets old talking to him. He fills my passion bucket for Habitat even on the worst of days, and I really feel that this truly ties into Habitat's mission. He lives out the mission of Habitat in his daily life. He may not directly be pounding nails and building houses, but he He's always seeking to put God's love into action through his own personal choices. He's a passionate, caring man that truly believes everyone deserves a decent place to call home. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our Advancement and Community uh, Engagement Director, Mr. Andrew Finnegan, uh, also the guy that's vying to replace me. (laughs) Uh, uh, But no, that's... I love that. Yeah, Stories like that are just wonderful. Well, and and I think the point there, too, is is like, you know, Habitat for Humanity International does amazing things. But, um, you know, the importance of giving in your local community, I know, really matters to some people. So it was great that they could have that dialogue and and help the donor really um, match what they really wanted to be able to do um, with the ultimate results. So. That was cool. Yeah, that, 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 that's awesome. And, you know, and, and the thing is, too, people, you know, we don't want to sit here and say that you have to donate money. I mean, right. that the the monetary gifts are very helpful and are very substantial and, and do benefit families. But as that gentleman said, you know, I can't physically do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't physically do things anymore, so this is how I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also appreciate volunteers. Absolutely. And what they can physically offer. Uh, to us, and that's why I'm really excited for our guest today, uh, especially our first guest. Alrighty, and it gives me great honor and pleasure to introduce our guest for today, the wonderful, the talented, the beautiful Miss Lauren Fink, who is the Executive Director of the Volunteer Center of Cedar Valley. Welcome, Miss Lauren. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Thank you. And you've been doing this since 2008, is that correct? Or you've joined the Volunteer Center? I joined the Volunteer Center in 2008, and yes, I mean, it's kind of a, a unique story in the fact that I didn't join as the Executive Director, and then 
then within a few months, I became the executive director. <laughs> I mean, talk about advancement. Good right, night. right. I moved up that ladder quite quickly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I need to figure out how to move up a ladder. <laughs> barely move up a flight of stairs. But So, Lauren, kind of give us an overview of just what the uh, Volunteer Center is. Yeah, well, you know, the Volunteer Center here in our community was established about 26 years ago. And we know that there are people out there who are looking to volunteer. They could be individuals of all different ages, employers wanting their employees engaged. They could be students from the university or the college that are looking for opportunities. So on one hand, we have all of those people who want to give back to the community. On the other hand, we have so many different community nonprofit organizations and community partners who are making the Cedar Valley a really great place to live and work. Um, And so we act as kind of that one-stop shop for volunteering. Those organizations give us their needs. We share them with the community and bring people together that way. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, just obviously working with Iowa Heartland Habitat before I really kind of felt like I understood the importance of volunteerism, but now in my role, you know, I see it so much more clearly just how things just don't get done without without volunteers. But I'm sure that you see just such a wide array of different types of volunteer opportunities that are out there. So maybe you could speak a little bit to some of those. Yeah, you know, we see so many different ways volunteers can get engaged. And I think I would preface all of that with saying that it is so vital that organizations like Habitat are so willing to engage volunteers in the work that they're doing because if if you're not leveraging those volunteers missions of organizations just don't get accomplished effectively and it becomes you know a time suck for staff people to really try and have their hands on everything when in fact the reality is is that volunteers can can make a real true difference through the work that organizations are doing but we see volunteer opportunities range from you know individuals serving on committees and boards of directors all the way down to doing programmatic work and even like one-time event type of things and so we are really truly engaged in all spectrums of volunteer needs that organizations have and probably one of the biggest areas that we've seen growth in or continue to kind of push at um, our nonprofit and community partners is allowing volunteers to come in and utilize their skills and put their skills that volunteers have to good work for organizations so that that the good work of those organizations can actually get accomplished. Nice. So let me ask you this. How important is volunteerism to our community? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to envision what it might be like without volunteers. I mean, we've got RAGBRAI rolling through here in a couple of weeks, and how how could that be accomplished if we didn't have volunteers jumping in and taking part? So I think our community would look so different without those individuals that are willing to jump in when it comes to community events, most specifically. But then when you take some of our other nonprofit partners, I mean, for you guys, how would you do the things you are doing without volunteers on a long-term basis? I mean, you would, the mission of what you do would look so different, I think. And so it's that way for a lot of our organizations throughout our community. We would not see help groups happening without the, without the assistance of volunteers because they make those things happen Mm -hmm. and they provide community betterment through that. We would not see homes being built. We would not see those community events happening. Um, We would not see food on people's tables. And so really when it comes to the world of the nonprofit sector and the idea of making the Cedar Valley a good place, I mean, it wouldn't happen without 
volunteers. I think that part's really important to think about when you really stop and think about all the facets of, of your, even your inner circle or the routines that you have, the businesses that you patron or your church or the nonprofits that you give, or even just the things like you said, like a support group, how many things really do, you know, lean on the support and the, and the, the work of the volunteer. And they're really everywhere. I mean, when you really stop to think about it, they're literally everywhere. There's so many ways that people can get involved, which is really cool. It's also why in the Midwest, I think we don't recognize or calculate how many hours we're actually giving as volunteers because or, you know, as a volunteer in an organization, because we don't see what we're doing all the time as volunteerism. We're Mm -hmm. just helping other people. And there's really not a lot of difference when you think about the terminology and the definitions between helper and volunteer. You know, you're choosing to do something to provide betterment in the community or for an individual, for example. And so we know good things are happening here locally when it comes to volunteering. We just don't always call it volunteering. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about like, what would you say is the definition of a volunteer? You know, doing something that you don't get paid for? Is it, you know, like doing something you're passionate about? I mean, you know, there's there's probably not a great definition out there. It's all I, think, I think there's a lot of definitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Lauren, earlier you, you said, you know, college students. I think you list off a, a good array of people that volunteer. What would you say is kind of the, the general age group of you, that you see of volunteers in the area? Well, that's really hard to pinpoint because we see volunteers of all ages and abilities come through the Volunteer Center. We do staff an office on campus at UNI, and so we we see a lot of university students getting involved in service experiences or opportunities, and partially it's because they have you know classroom requirements or hours mm-hmm. that they need to accomplish, but also they see the benefit of building their resume and networking with people, having the opportunity to gain new skills. And so we do see a lot of university students. We also see a lot of those age 55 and older getting involved in service, and that is also partially because we have um, our sponsors of the RSVP program. So the AmeriCorps Seniors RSVP program is federally funded and really all about engaging those age 55 and older in service opportunities throughout our community. So that operates in Blackhawk, Buchanan, and Fayette counties for us. So, you know, we do see a lot of those two age ranges really truly involved. But honestly, I mean, I can't pinpoint a certain age that we see more than others because everybody's getting involved. Oh, and that's a wonderful thing to hear. I mean, yeah. I mean, almost, I don't know if you would agree, but it's almost, we have every age range covered is what it sounds like mm-hmm. from college to senior level. Uh, everyone is out there getting involved and that's, that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Our youth program um, is operates in the Waterloo schools um, as well as in the Cedar Falls school districts. And so we're starting at a really young age of helping youth understand how they can be active and engaged through service. And so our goal is always that you're going to see that continue for them, that they're going to learn how to do that at such young ages or maybe attend one of our family volunteer day functions and it continues to be a part of the way of their life forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to I want to ask you, since 2008, I'm curious how you've seen your first experience getting involved with the Volunteer Center. How you have you seen volunteerism shift and change in that time frame? So f- how it's shifted, how I've seen it shift. I think I alluded to the fact of like the skills 
the skills-based volunteering. Um, we have seen that become kind of a you know niche word, skills-based volunteering, over the course of the last few years. And you know that that's one of those things that I think is driven by employers wanting their employees engaged in opportunities. So how can employers say to one of their staff members, like, I want you to have these experiences, go out and find something and hone in on your craft or your skills um, by by you know doing what you're doing at work, but do it for an organization. Um, and so I would say that we have seen that shift. Um, the other shift I think is probably more on the side of our nonprofit partners rather than our volunteers in our community. And that's a shift I think that's pushed out by the things that we're doing at the volunteer center, both locally and then what other volunteer centers and other volunteer driven connecting organizations are doing. And that's really making sure that, that our nonprofit partners understand how to effectively engage volunteers. And that part can be not insignificant. You know, I mean, I've been a volunteer um, in my church for years and years and years. We work with a lot of volunteers, um, obviously through Habitat and the management and organizing of volunteers, the recruiting of volunteers. It is more challenging sometimes than I think that people recognize and understand. And, and you know, onboarding a volunteer and having the proper management, like I said, but also helping them to have a good experience, but also the responsibility on the side of the volunteer to to show up when asked, to be responsible to the organization too. Sometimes that that can get a little bit uncomfortable, I've noticed, and on both sides. So I do think that as an as a nonprofit organization, you know, I've learned more about the importance of of trying to manage those volunteers well and not just, well, we have an opportunity, you know, just kind of get involved, but that that it's it's almost like a, a pseudo employee of sorts or a job of sorts and so we have a responsibility that that I'm not sure was always the case that we're starting to recognize that responsibility but also trying to, to teach volunteers that they also have a responsibility. I think that that's very fair to say and you know in an ideal world somebody looking in at an organization, mm -hmm. our hope is that you can't tell the difference between who's a staff person and who's a volunteer because everybody's treated the same way, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hopefully respectfully. You know, everyone's doing the things that they're being tasked to do. And I think it's really cool from an organization perspective to give your volunteers that, that leverage or, you know, potential that they can accomplish really cool things by being tasked with something that maybe is a little tough or hard. And, you know, you don't want a group of volunteers to keep coming in and painting the same wall 18,000 times. I mean, you've got to come up with other things that volunteers can do for you. And so I think that it's really important that volunteers are seen yeah. having those skills that they can offer. Yeah. Random question that pops in my head. Have you ever seen or have ever had a discussion about any type of stigma when it comes to volunteering at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think we see it the most when engaging those at the college level in the fact that organizations sometimes see those that are of college age as a little bit of a drag coming in. Like, it's like, oh, they have to, you know, do these hours. And so I'm going to spend all this time. Maybe we have to do a background check. Maybe there's training. You know, there's a little bit of that orientation that goes into it. And then I'm going to have them for 30 hours and then they're going to be gone. And that's difficult. I mean, uh, you know, and I get that from the perspective of the organization, but we are working really hard on campus to try and task some of the faculty members that are engaging 
those type of service hours as a requirement in their classes to maybe refine the process a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. rethink how are they requiring students to get involved and what can that look like for the class and how can they maybe embed some of those things a little bit more deeply into their curriculum so that they're more meaningful mm-hmm. for the students so that we hear those success stories. Because I have heard those success stories of students going in and finding volunteer opportunities because they had a classroom requirement, which then turned into continuing to volunteer post that, which turned into an internship, which turned into a paid position. So, I mean, like we see those success stories all the time, but I think the stigma is still there sometimes. Interesting. That's that's a very interesting uh, point to to bring up. And it was just something that I had of curiosity and for that exact reason. Mm -hmm. But Allie, real quick, the benefit, I mean, how have you seen Habitat benefit from that of the Volunteer Center? Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, Habitat has had a longstanding history in the community and a really great core group of regular volunteers. And we have staff that definitely help on the recruitment side of things. But we certainly appreciate our partnership with the Volunteer Center. And one of the first ways that we really saw it maybe in a different light was when we opened the ReStore. Because those are really unique positions that were kind of asking for support with you know someone that can be a sales associate or a cashier kind of those more skilled or even a donation receiver those kind of job description type volunteer opportunities it's been great to work with the volunteer center because we can just keep those posted on the job board kind of idea with the volunteer center and then we have kind of a steady stream of of potential volunteers that come through that and then other times when we've just needed a push for something or something unique or episodic maybe even or what have you uh, you know it's been it's a great resource and it's great to know that it's there. But one of our core volunteers at the ReStore actually came through the RSVP program and has been involved almost since the very beginning. And then since I've gotten to know you, I find out, oh, he's also involved in this thing and that. And he's basically like a, you know, volunteer center, amazing, you know, volunteer of the year of everything, you know. So, um, Gene, here's your shout out. But um, <laughs> hey, Gene. Hey, Gene. What you, up, know, Gene? But, uh, <laughs> you know who you are. Um, but so that that was incredible. So some of the key, key folks that we have have certainly come through the partnership with the Volunteer Center. Well, we appreciate that. And, you know, our hope is always for our the partners that we work alongside in the community that they come to us when they have needs that may be considered, I guess, more, quote, regular, but mm-hmm. also think of us when they're wanting to think outside of the box and try something new and allow us to be a part of that. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, real quick, you know, you're a mom of four <laughs> young, beautiful kids. And my question to you is, is volunteering a family affair? Well, it is. I mean, I think that I try and show my kids how they can make a difference in this world by giving to other people. My kids are quite young, and so the youngest ones haven't experienced a whole lot of, like, getting into organizations and doing things. But my oldest, who um, is seven, has participated in our family volunteer days. And so he knows what I do and we talk about it. And so we're starting to get them to be aware of the community partners Mm -hmm. that are here and how maybe as a family we can start to go do things. But we do spend a lot of time about how important it is to give back and and make sure that we're being kind to others. And sometimes kindness is is shown through acts of service. Mm. So that's really important important. I think that's a great piece of it is just how we pass that on to the next generation is just that importance of of serving others and seeing others truly in in their meeting them where they are finding ways to serve. That's huge. Yeah, it it is huge. And Lauren, another thing that is huge is your job. And (laughs) we thank you so much 
for what you do for this community and the organizations within it. Because without an organization like yours, I mean, as you alluded to earlier, I mean, we wouldn't be able to have functioning organizations and a functioning Cedar Valley. So we are very blessed and very thankful for you. Well, I appreciate the time. I'm passionate about the work that I do and I love the Volunteer Center. So anytime I get to talk about that is a good day for me. Awesome. I Thanks for it. coming, Ladies Lauren. and gentlemen, Miss Lauren Fink. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Wasn't Lauren wonderful? Yeah, that was fun. She's you know, the best. Yeah, you you forget the the people that work behind the scenes to make all these things happen. I mean, we're go we're grateful for volunteers, but we're also grateful for people like Lauren. Yes, it's wonderful. And when I say we're grateful for volunteers, we're grateful for our next guest that is joining us today on the podcast. He is a former carpenter, but now is like I don't know Habitat's resident volunteer. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, ladies and gentlemen. Resident volunteer. I like that word. (laughs) Resident. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great honor and a pleasure for me to introduce to all of you Mr. Ron Jensen. Mr. Jensen, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, our honor. Our honor and our pleasure. I'll bet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see by the time this is all done. We're not going to get through this. I can already tell we're not going to get through this. Mr. Jensen, uh, how long have you been, or if you give me a number of years, how many years have you been volunteering uh, for Habitat? I suppose it figures out to about seven, seven overall. Seven uh, years. If you take them in years, uh, if you're going to take them as a week a month, then it's not seven years worth of volunteer days. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. So yeah. you've been you've been at this for some time then. Oh yeah. And what did you do before you retired and became a volunteer? I was a carpenter. That was my trade, and I'd have stayed that. If I hadn't uh, taken a fall and shattered my ankle and they would no longer allow me to work commercially. Mm. As it stands, Habitat lets me do what I want to and what I can, so they get my services. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that that's a fit, Ron. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at pointing and saying, you do this and you do that. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great skill to have. <laughs> I love it. I, you know, Mr. Jensen, it's it's so wonderful to. I just I'm I'm like a little schoolgirl over here. It's just so fun. <laughs> now, when you <laughs> when you retired and you uh, decided to to put your skills to work here for Habitat, why this organization? Well, part of it had to do with I got along so well with John Cheddar. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't, right? Well, he's pretty easy going, and, and he's of an age about my age, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of things that we had in common we could talk about, joke about, and have seen or heard or whatever. So, yeah, the whole outfit is it's fun to be around, and if you check in and find out exactly how it's operated, which took me a while while to get that figured out i kept telling john cheddar that as long as i had to be there and the people that were getting that house had to put in so many hours of sweat equity i says just donate my hours to their sweat equity and he says well I'll check and see if we can do that and you come back and ask him and he says, oh i forgot and then he come back and he says well they say you can't do that and i says, why is that because i'm not a family member well <laughs> 
After being around it longer, I understand the reasoning behind it, and I agree with the reasoning behind it. Most of those people have no idea what's involved in building a house. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody, and I don't care who it is, everybody should have a, an idea of what it takes to live there. If you walk into a brand new house and you take over, you don't have a clue what's involved. Maybe right. you've painted walls before, but as far as what put them walls there, how they got there, and all that stuff, they don't have a clue, and I think they should. As far as uh, the skill levels, it's all practice. Mm -hmm. Everything is practice. Practice makes if perfect. They uh, they watch me do things and say, "Well, I'll never be able to do that." And I said, "Well, you got 35 to 40 years of, of, of experience doing this every day." I says, "You get five years in, and you'd be just as good as I am." Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm going to spend that much time, but that's okay. <laughs> Volunteer some more. Right. So I've heard them call you the professor that's on it. site. <laughs> That's it. And I Let's know, exact, talk about that. I know that... exactly why that came about. <laughs> there were several instances where people driving nails have a hard time making that hammer work. Mm -hmm. All right. There are things that I can explain how a hammer and a nail works and what you can do to help you. I'll let them try it a few times and then I'll say, okay, this is what we can do to help you do that. First thing up is don't choke up on a hammer handle quite so far. Mm -hmm. The next thing is realize that that head, when it comes down on that nail and that handle on that hammer, have to be at 90 degrees to each other or you're just going to bend the nail. Mm -hmm. Okay, And as that nail goes in, the handle has to get closer to stay at 90 degrees. That's one instance of me giving a lesson, if you will. <laughs> yep. All right. When we were trimming, Nick wanted to know how to make those fits on baseboard and it's basically called a coat hmm. and he says what is that and i says you're just cutting that to the shape and it fits right against it i said this is how you do that <laughs> put that piece in the miter saw you cut it on a 45 and it shows you that profile Mm -hmm. on that 45. Now just take the coping saw and follow that profile and then it just fits right in there. And mm -hmm. of course I just did that and cut it out and slapped it right up against that piece in my hand and it fit perfect. <laughs> of course it did. Well yeah I mean all right so I, I can almost do that every time I do it because I've done it so many times. Uh -huh. All right and I tend to give that lesson. Wayne got it and Norm got it and, and <laughs> Nick's gotten it and even John Cheddar because he had been 45 in a men and when you do that and then you drive it in there the nail will suck it in and open the 45. Mm -hmm. That's why I cope everything because no matter what you drive it in there and it sucks in there it's still against there and the profile's still right against it. Here's here's my See, thing. He is a professor. I, no, he is. Now I and he has justified obviously right then and there why he's called the professor. But I have been told, Mr. Jensen, that you also get called a paid babysitter. Well, <laughs> I want to know about why that is a thing. All right. What happened when John Cheddar retired? She came out to the job site and offered that job to me. She being Allie. Yeah, Allie. Okay, fair enough. I was He's pointing at me, yes, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Just, just for and our friends it, out there in podcast land. It took me about, I'll bet it was almost two weeks before I got back to you and said that I wasn't going to take the job. I know. Um, I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I almost took it the day you offered it. And then I got to thinking that uh, I'm having too much fun working when I want to <laughs> and on the things I want to do. Mm. If they're doing something on that day I don't want to do, I don't go there. Right. Okay. So I turned her down, and they gave the job to, well, it ended up with Nick. Mm -hmm. right? And when they gave it to Nick, Heath came to me, and he says, he's a drywall man. He doesn't know too much. <laughs> 
and he, and, he, and and he said and he said we're going to put him up there in Waverly and you you like to work up with that bunch up there and he says I want you to go up there and kind of work him through this <laughs> Oh, All right. So every day when the groups come in, especially if they have people that have not been at Habitat before, he has to go through a spiel yep. and tell them about Habitat. All right. And when he gets down close to that, he gives his name and then he's done with his little spiel. And then he points at me and he says, this is Ron Jensen and he is a volunteer. He is my paid babysitter. <laughs> well, you need to I'm, give him the definition of a volunteer. Apparently. I was going to. I mean, well, can we get Lauren back in here real quick yeah. to, uh, to to define volunteer? Oh gosh, it's it's not. I mean, I'm not paid, <laughs> and technically, for the first year, I guess I was babysitting him through just about everything that that he had not ever done before. Show him this. We are very grateful. But does that mean now that we can say that you are officially responsible for Nick? Because oh no 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> If, oh. if Nick makes a mistake now, it's not my fault, all right? But then I've always told Nick that it's not a mistake until I can't fix it. Oh, that's fair. That's pretty good. Now, you've... Now, we love you, Nick. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, now, Ron, I, it is my understanding, while you have done a lot of work here in this community... You've also done some work internationally in El Salvador mm -hmm. with a one Mr. Wayne Green. You know Wayne? <laughs> I, yes. Yeah, I do, I uh, do know uh, Wayne. Understand it. Wayne lives in Waverly. Okay. And we built three houses in Waverly, oh. and Wayne was out there along with Norm in the Waverly Bunch. I met Wayne a long time before I oh. knew that he was actually on the board. I don't I, even think I knew that part. Oh, fair enough. Oh. Yeah, I'd worked with him quite a bit, and then... <laughs> Uh, Cheddar said something about telling the group that we have a, a celebrity here today. And he says he's on. He's actually on the board. Yeah. And then the next time he introduced him, he said he's the board president. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's just Wayne. And anytime I needed somebody to reach something up there, Wayne. Yeah, Wayne. Wayne would be perfect for that. Wayne would be perfect for that. Uh, when Heath. And I talked about this trip to El Salvador. It was it was still hot out, so it was in the summer yet. And he said that they were getting a group together. And he said, "You sh you should uh, you should come down there with us." And I said, "Well, I'll think about it." And I says, "I don't think my wife will let me do that." But uh, so we chatted about it, and she said, "Well, yeah, she'd be pretty good for you to go down there." especially in January. And so I stopped over to the office and asked you, and at that point, she thought all the seats were full. Mm -hmm. And then got back to me the next day or two, whatever it was, and said, well, they found a seat for me. <laughs> so I get my passport and the whole shebang, and I'm all set to go, and then they have that little get-together at Hartman Reserve, mm -hmm. and Wayne is there, and he comes over to me, and he says, I hear that you're going to go down with them to El Salvador. And I said, well, yeah, they, they found a seat for me. And he says, I'm going to ask him and see if I can go. <laughs> and I looked right in his eye and I said, Wayne, you're the president of the board. They'll find a seat for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they found a seat for him. So we roomed together down there. Wayne is a, he's a marvelous guy to be around. Yeah. Even if you're around him all day long, he's still a marvelous guy to be around. Yeah. El Salvador, interesting Interesting view on living conditions here. I mean, I always figured I was kind of in the middle of the road as far as rich, poor. Mm -hmm. But even the poor here would be considered very rich down there. Yeah. 
uh, it's an eye-opener. The interesting part for me was that even though they don't speak my language, I don't speak their language and had to go through an interpreter, but almost anybody that I saw down there, whether they're walking down the road or we passed each other in the hallway or whatever, they always had a smile on their face for me. Now, I'll grant you I wasn't in big cities. Maybe there was no gangs around or anything that might not like me, but everybody that I saw down there was really nice. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, an interesting view of the way to build down there, mm-hmm. which is quite different from what I'm used to. In my case, I mean, I'd done some block laying here, but they lay them a lot different down there than what I was used to. And they don't use wood down there at all. And that's what I was into. So I was down there ma- basically as labor, if you will. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It definitely gives you a different perspective. Um, oh, yeah. That's very important, I think, for us to have. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, Mr. Jensen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that this is the first time that I'm really getting the opportunity to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, are, are quite the hoot and a half, as, as, <laughs> as we would say. Uh, and I can see now why everyone that works with you on those construction sites say it's just so just such wonderful things about you and why they speak so highly of you and why the construction team loves having you. Mm-hmm. Who all is giving me these big, <laughs> these, these, these big build-ups? Well, it was Nick before today. That's <laughs> true. Nick might be changing his tone real uh, quick. No. Let's go back to the first time that I showed up at one of your little feeds. <laughs> all right. I got an invite to this, and they held it in the back room down at the office down yes. there. All right, and I brought my wife with me, and I get to the door, and she's uh, Allie standing there, and she says, well, who are you? And I said, I'm Ron Jensen, and she says, you're the infamous Ron Jensen. <laughs> and I'm going, well, I didn't know about the infamous, but yes, I am. <laughs> All right, and I wasn't exactly sure. My wife, as we walked on in there, she says, they won't really think of you as infamous, do they? And I said, well, I don't know. And I got home after that little get-together, and I looked this up in the dictionary, and the term for infamous is, he's laughing, a known evil. (laughs) (laughs) Was the word choice incorrect is the question. Well, the next time I saw you, I asked you, who gave you that word? Was that from John Cheddar, because he's an ex-preacher, or did that come from you? What did I say? (laughs) You said that it was your word, and I'm going, well, (laughs) all right. Uh, You didn't bear around me enough to know whether I was a known evil or not, but... I do think it was a correct um. word, but um, not in the negative way it seems. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm crying. This is oh, this is too much. I can't handle so this. So good. Well, what also do you say to me every single time I come out to the build site? You when, always, when are we getting you out here with a hammer in yeah, your hand? Yeah, where's my tool belt? <laughs> he always That's all right. I'd been trying to get her out there for, for must be a year or better. Yeah. All right. And then I find out that the office has a day when they come out and build. <laughs> and I found out where they were going to be at and the day they were going to be there. So I showed up. <laughs> All right, I'm over on one side of this garage. She's up in inside there, and she's driving a nail. All right, and I'm standing over there, and I'm just grinning to myself a little bit. 
<laughs> I'm looking over there, and pretty soon she stops, she turns, and she looks right at me, and she says, are you watching me? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you proceeded to fix my errors. I will say, in all seriousness, you are a fantastic teacher and so patient, and you enjoy the teaching aspect, I can tell. So I, you have really helped me a lot when I've been out there with you. So You, don't, you don't spend near enough time out there, <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> I'm sure the supervisors would not agree. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Most of them, I think, would uh, enjoy having you there. Yeah. Now, maybe they'd be a little nervous since you're their boss and not my boss. <laughs> I always manage to find some way to trip backwards over the silver benches whenever I'm out there. That's that's a known fact. Well, so. <laughs> that's, a, that's a conversation we'll definitely have to have on a different day. Yep. Mr. Jensen, we thank you so much for not only joining us today, but all of the service that you have provided to uh, Habitat for Humanity. We thank you, sir, and uh, just God bless you. God well, bless you. Uh, thanks. Thank I, I appreciate the, the confidence that they give me and the compliments that I get. It is fun for me to see somebody come along, learn this, want to learn this. And as long as I continue to enjoy it and can still do it, I'm going to. Great. Amen. So Ladies and gentlemen, the infamous, the professor, <laughs> the paid babysitter, Ron Jensen. Thank you. Now, I don't know if I really laughed that hard during an during a during a guest, uh, my side hurts. I know. And I was crying. And we were all like leaning way back in our chairs not to make it the most obnoxious laughter in the microphone on I, the planet. Well, that's well, knowing me, it was still, I mean, people probably had to turn down their, <laughs> their phones or however they listen to us yeah. because my laugh was probably obnoxious. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's the thing. You volunteer with Habitat. You get to work with Ron Jensen. That's right. And, I mean, he's got to keep it fun. Yes. He is going to keep it fun. He's got to keep it exciting. And we're going to keep it fun. And we're going to keep it exciting because we are going to move into some trivia, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome our wonderful, lovely, talented, uh, gorgeous producer, Miss Nora. Hello. I love that producer title coming in in the second season. It's just because she wants to tell me what to do. That's all. <laughs> she does keep us in line, though. I she mean, really like, does. Like, what would we do without her? Allie and I are like just wild animals. We are. Like, I mean, those that know us personally already know that we're crazy. <laughs> but like, I think we put on a wonderful front to the general community. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh, my God gosh, look at them. Yeah. They're so well put together. They're <laughs> wonderful. And then in this situation, Nora's like, you two are both a hot mess. And it's like, we know. We 100%. Noren's like, Nor- or, uh, Noren? What? Nora. What am I? Noren? What am I? Who am I? I'm Ron. Ron. Ron thinks we're a hoot. Oh, oh my god, I can't first even. First she speak. said Nora, and I was like, I lived uh, in that door my freshman year at oh college. My gosh. What are you talking about? I can't even talk. I'm so out of it. Oh <laughs> gosh, Nora, what do you got for us? All right. So, of the 63 million Americans that volunteer each year, what percentage are involved with only one organization? Oh gosh, it's the percentages again. Okay. What percentage of the 63 million that volunteer only volunteer with one organization? I'm trying to do some math over here. Let me just, hold on. Let me just carry the one. He's going to be all scientific about it. I'm going to just pull it out. So Taj Mahal? Is that one? I'm going to go with, I'm just going to jump in. See, I'm not even going to give him a chance to come up with a range. (laughs) I like it. I'm going to say 25 to 35%. 
Okay. I'm doing the range. I just dropped the mic on the range. Okay, that's that's very <laughs> arbitrary there. 25 to 30, that's 10%. Yep. You know what, Allie? Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna... Because, see, I had a range. You ain't got one now. Well, not that range. You know what, Allie? Because I'm more confident. I'm over here. Hold on. Let me just finish. He's literally doing long division, folks. Ace. I think if anyone's more confident, it's Allie mm-hmm. coming out with her answer Thank right you. away. Thank Hold you. on. X equals opposite of B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4. Okay. So after I... Um, <laughs> Just so you know, if you do volunteer with us, you don't have to do math like that. Well, yes. I mean, but if you want to, <laughs> I will gladly do the quadratic formula with you. Uh, you know what, Allie? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stoop down to your bring it antics. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say thirty percent. Oh, he's okay. going with that. Oh, so I, we might I, both I, be I right. Am, 30, 30% on the table. I don't need some 10% rain. Okay, well, it is actually 72% only volunteer Whoa. with one organization. So we are blessed for the people that choose to volunteer with us. Thank you, volunteers. Wow. wow. That, I wow. Mean, that goes to show how... Oh, my gosh. You, what? you find something and you stick with it. Yes. Like... And you are right. We are we are really blessed. 72, wow, 72, 72%. you said? Please don't stop volunteering because of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us as your preference, please. Oh, there we love you all. We're gonna have a. We're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of coverage. You know how I always joke about us being canceled. This might be the one. This might be it. <laughs> this might be. <laughs> We may not come back from this one. I don't know if we can. Or our volunteerism might tank. <laughs> We've got a lot on the schedule, so we better come back, I y'all. Know. We better come back. Oh, gosh. We are grateful for them all. We are very grateful yeah. for we are grateful for our volunteers. We're grateful for our staff. We love you too. Uh, we're grateful for Nora, even though producer she, Nora, producer Nora, please don't let me forget. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're we're grateful for a lot of things, Allie. Yes, we are. We are we grateful are. for a lot of things, and we are grateful for all of you. Yeah, the ones that tune in and that and that listen and that take time out of your day to to sit down and just. Come and hang out with us. Yeah. We, we greatly appreciate that. And I know that there will never be a way that we can properly thank all of you in person. So just just know from the bottom of our hearts, we love and appreciate all of you. And I think with that, ladies and gentlemen, our time has come to an end together. But I don't want you to worry. We will be back next time. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Bringing Down the House. I'm Jaqueline Madison. She is Allie Parrish. And you will find us right back here at the same place you got us. Take care.